You're listening to the IFF TV podcast, presented by Paul Nealon. Hello, welcome to Irish Football Fan TV. This is the Irish Abroad Show. It's myself, Paul Nealon, and I am joined by Adam Courtney, and we're here to discuss all the latest um, from Irish football this week. Adam, how are you? I'm doing well. Chelsea won for the first time in what seems like about two years, but then Bo was lost, so bit of a bit of a bittersweet weekend. Uh, I'm sure you are happy with that Chelsea game. How's things with you? All good. It's been a pretty good week in terms of football. Uh, Shells beat Bowes, as you mentioned. Uh, just had to rub that in there a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, my team won yesterday. We won 7-1 and Everton drew. So they didn't lose. So they didn't ruin my weekend. Probably should have won, but they didn't uh, lose. So, yeah, pretty good weekend. Um, obviously, Seamus Coleman played in that game. And we'll be talking about him at some point, I'm sure. But, yeah, we'll get straight into it. There was games during the week. Um and a man who we've been speaking about in recent weeks a lot is Evan Ferguson. He got on the score sheet again, scored the winner in a game between Brighton and Stoke in the FA Cup. And then Sammy Smoddox also got a very important goal in a game against Leicester in the FA Cup to win against uh, Leicester as well. So two big Irish uh, goals, or two big Irish goal scores. And obviously you've Gavin Houlihan uh, there as well, who um, got on the score sheet as well. Two penalties against uh, Southampton too so um, a lot of good Irish goals in the FA Cup and then just in uh, League 1 then Dave McGoldrick got an assist and Joe Rafferty got an assist as well in League 1 and he got on the score sheet as well David McGoldrick and so did Danny Mandrill um, so yeah pretty good week but in terms of the FA Cup um, obviously good to see some of the lads there uh, get on the score sheet what were your thoughts when you saw some of those results? Yeah, well, obviously the Brighton one is probably the main one. I think Evan Ferguson is the player that every every Irish person has their eyes on the last few months since he kind of broke onto the scene. But um, it's great to see him back, you know, because I think people were worried that obviously he got that injury from the tackle from Fabinho, that he'd end up then, you know, being injured for long term. Then when you find out that it's only a few weeks, you're hoping is he going to come back and kind of, is that going to ruin his rhythm? And is he going to kind of fall a bit out of the team then? But he seems to be straight back in. Like, does Zerby... The manager of Brighton really, really seems to trust him, and he's kind of hanging his hat on him now. Like to have someone who's only recently enough gone eighteen to be starting for your stri- as a striker in the Premier League, and then obviously he's he's bringing you through these big cup ties into a quarter final now. And like you've obviously got a few good teams in there. Um, think Fulham, Burnley, obviously then United and City. Um, but like you'd have to back Brighton to you know reach a semi-final at this stage like which would be unbelievable stuff um and yeah Evan Ferguson's a massive part of that you have to say like what he's done is so good um I think you're always worried with these young players um you know will the hype kind of kill them or whatever but I feel like Evan Ferguson's the kind of player who's just from kind of how he's gone on recently he hasn't just you know had a game or two games where he's been unbelievable and then kind of fallen off like he's having a consistent performance like even when he's not getting goals or assists it's about kind of what he brings to the team in those games as well where he's his hold of play is really good he's so good in the air he's causing problems for defenders like I think he's someone to really look out for um obviously as everyone knows he's he's someone everyone's been looking at um and obviously that leads to then you see a lot of rumors that England are going to try and 
Gavin Ferguson, but I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna take that. I think he's gonna stick firmly with Ireland. Um but yeah, he's someone I'm really excited um about for sure. Yeah, I just think with with Ferguson, I just think it's just just let him play his game, just let him develop at Brighton. I wouldn't like to see him move anywhere at this moment in time. I'd rather see him just develop there. Everybody's talking about him. I even see Mark Goldbridge was comparing him to Alan Shearer. He's saying he's a modern day Alan Shearer, which is a huge compliment. And he was saying that United should go out and get him. Now I'm not saying he's a football expert, but it's it's funny when you see these people talking about him. Where whereas kind of in the past we've been probably guilty of hyping these Irish players up and hyping these Irish strikers up. But now we're actually seeing the English media actually hyping them up as well. Just going to brighten my light up there. Uh, I didn't realise I didn't have it on. Um, but yeah, I just think with um, with Ferguson, it's now, like you just mentioned about his hold-up play and stuff like that. He played in a 4-0 win against West Ham yesterday. And I think people saw that. So he was able to mix it up. Maybe if he's not playing his part in scoring goals, he's definitely playing his part in the build-up play for goals and I think that would be huge for Ireland if he can come in and play his part you know we, we've we've often been lacking that focal point in the middle up front where someone who could take it in hold it in and, and and give it off and also be quick enough with his feet to be able to bring others into play and make things happen I think we've been guilty over a number of years of not really having anyone since Robbie Keane to try do that like we've obviously wanted players i think adam Eade is the closest we've had to someone who's been a focal point just because of his sheer size but i don't think anyone's ever really um and it's not i don't think it's adam's fault i think he's he's suffered a lot just through injuries and stuff like that that i think he hasn't developed probably as much as he wanted to and then when he when he was actually getting a bit of a good run last year with norwich then he got injured so he's still kind of feeling the effects of that at the moment but i do think evan if you're looking at a striker i think he's our best option at the moment and and again we should we must look at you know that midfield option as well that kind of number 10 area and smoddix he's scoring um the last couple of weeks he's got a huge goal against leicester to you know get them into the next round blackburn that is and um you know he'll be knocking on the door to Stephen Kenny being saying like, you know, I deserve a call up, and and so with players like Will Smallbone and possibly Mark Sykes as well, who's had a good season to date so far in terms of adding goals to the game. A lot of really good players, um, and a lot of people adding, um, goals and assists to their names uh, coming up to the international window, which is in a week or two um, away, and the squad announcement I'd say will be at some point next week. And yeah, I'd be interested to see who kind of gets called up. But what what are your thoughts on Smodix and I suppose Smallbone as well? We might as well talk about him while we're here because he got three assists yesterday. Yeah, well, firstly with with Smodix, I think he's someone who's really interesting. You know, he's kind of plays in that number ten role for for Blackburn. He plays pretty much every game. Um, I think he's got four goals this season in the championship. Um, he's twenty seven now as well, so he's kind of at that point now where he is kind of in the prime of his career. Um, obviously he's a player who's like you know really creative and stuff like that and he's been called up for squads before but it'd be interesting to see how he actually cope like at the level of a senior and if he'd make a difference because obviously we've got like numerous other players in the audition like Smallbone is also someone you consider he's probably more of an 8 than a 10 really but um, he's played there kind of played in the 10 for Ireland under 21s when I've seen him uh, live in the flesh a few times and yeah it's great to see him like, you know, really prospering because I think it would have been probably difficult um, at Southampton this season just with, you know, like I think when you're in a relegation battle, you're always going to stick with, with you know, 
experience. So someone of his age maybe wouldn't be getting as much games. Um, but you yeah, know, I'm really excited to see how he's how he gets on. Hopefully, I think Smallbone gets in the squad this time. Um, I know he, he was in the squad for the last games uh, against Norway. I remember as well in the friendly, and people were kind of giving out that he didn't get on uh, in either game. So they're kind of saying, "What's the point in bringing him?" But I don't think that's the case really. Obviously, I would have liked to see him, but I think it's really important for players like Smallbone to kind of get in the squad and just experience what what the setup is like in terms of you know like being with being with the like lads in the squad and just to kind of be more comfortable in that experience and if he goes into that environment now again they'll feel more comfortable with it all and he's someone I'm he's someone I've always really rated uh, since I've watched him especially with the 21s that's probably where I've watched him more than at club level but um yeah to get three assists in a game like that's so impressive and he's he's really doing well with Stoke this season so yeah and no, I'm really really um really hope to see him in this squad now coming up yeah, I think what what's good about Smallbone is he's obviously working with John O'Shea, who's recently been announced as or, uh, the new co- assistant coach to Stephen Kenny as well. So he's obviously coaching him day in day out at Stoke as well, which will be good. And I think that will actually help him, and I think it'll actually help him within the squad. He was obviously in the last squad, uh, in and around the camp, so he kind of has a feel for it already. But I think that will definitely help him. And um, yeah, I just it's it's good to see him flying. You mentioned Southampton there. You know they bounced back, I suppose, from the, from that uh, defeat against uh, Grimsby during the week. Uh, as I mentioned, Gavin Hulahan getting the two penalties, and um, yeah, I, Gavin Bazuna was back in goals for Southampton at the weekend, clean sheet and a win against Le- Leicester. So yeah, it's, a, it's been a good week for well, not not in the FA Cup, but he wasn't playing. Uh, but in terms of Bazunu in the Premier League, uh, a, a massive result for them, considering how. Uh, results went over the weekend as well from the relegation point of view. Yeah, well, like what you were saying there, like they've gone off the bottom um, for the first time in what seems like ages. It feels like they've been there all season, really. Um, Leeds are in 17th on 22 points and then Southampton are in 19th on 21. So it is very tight down there. Um, but, you know, as I'd say... It probably didn't have as much of an effect on Bazuno as obviously he wasn't playing in that game against Grimsby. But for the club in, in general, that's a really tough one to take. Like I know Grim, Grimsby have been kind of the underdog of the FA Cup this year and they've knocked out, I think, five teams now that are in leagues above them. So I think they knocked out a few League One teams, Championship team, and now they've knocked out Southampton as well. But yeah, that's that's tough to take on the club. Like when they're already in such a bad period of time, I'm sure at the moment the FA Cup, winning the FA Cup was not high on their priority list. It's all about staying up. But to not really, you know, just it's just a probably something they don't need right now, like in a defeat like that. But yeah, in terms of Bazunu, um, yeah, he was obviously really good in this game. I saw some of the highlights. He made some good saves. Um, yeah, clean sheet is always massive, especially in when you're at Southampton and you're fighting for your life down at the bottom. Like having a solid defense and keeper, which is what they have, is massive. Like I said to you a few weeks ago when I was at that Chelsea Southampton game. I was sitting right behind the goal for the second half where Bazuna was. I was just so impressed that his kind of leadership, his organisation, his communication. And sure, he talked about it with you in that interview you did with him last year about kind of how he, even at the age of 19, 20, in an international setup, is, you know, screaming at lads who are 30, organising them when he's, you know, only a teenager. Like, he's he's just got that in him, I think. Um, I don't know, that's kind of the thing. I think you're probably born with that, really. Um He's he's a player that really impresses me, and I hope they do stay up for for his sake because 
He's a player I really admire, and I've really admired him since he came on the scene a few years ago. Um, he's played a serious amount of games. He's played over 100 league games, and he only turned 21 there the other week. So yeah, he's someone I think he'll, he'll... I know we've got the likes of Kelleher and Travers, but I do see Bazuna being that long-term kind of goalkeeper for us for the next 10, 15 years. Yeah, well, I think he's the best of the three. You know, it'd be interesting to see if uh, if Kelleher does go out and, and does he develop. But I think I don't think Bazuna's in, in any danger of being stuck with Southampton down in the championship if they do go down. Um, and look, it's a long season ahead. Like I still think Everton are very, very much um, in the danger zone there, and they can't be uh, probably too happy to, with, with that draw today. But look, uh, another team who are kind of were struggling down the end of the uh, table were Wolves, and they got a really big win over uh, Spurs yesterday. Nathan Collins came on the 46th minute and he, and he reclaimed his place, I suppose. Uh, Lopetegui, uh, Lopetegui said after the game, you know, fair play to him because, you know, he was ready when he was called upon and a couple of other players, and Joe Matinho and, and some uh, another big player that they have, I can't remember who it is now, but basically he's, he said, like, he had praised them for basically biding his time. And, and as I said before, a couple of weeks ago, there'll, there'll be a moment where he has to come in and he has to reclaim his place. And it was a great goal by Ad, Adama Traore. And uh, they beat Spurs, which is a massive result. And um, yeah, it's a massive three points for them to kind of shoot up the league a little bit. Yeah, I saw those quotes um, from a manager with the pedigree of Lopetegui. You know, any praise like that is, is unbelievable. Um, it's... It, well, I was a bit kind of devastated for Collins. Well, not devastated, it's probably too harsh of a word, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like, I was a bit upset for him that he's, you know, gone in there, big money move to, like, you know, a really solid kind of Premier League team. And they'd sold, obviously, Cody to Everton. They'd gone from a back four, or sorry, a back five to a back four, basically accommodating him instead of Cody. And I was like, that is such a massive statement from a club of that size to make, to actually put, you know, 20-odd million into this centre-back, Nathan Collins, to replace the club's captain, I was, who's been there for years. I was like, he that is massive. Um, so then to see him, you know, to see Dawson come in then after I felt like he had a really good start, first kind of half season in the Premier League, to see Dawson come in then, I was a bit like, it was a bit deflating um, as an Irish fan, and I'm sure Nathan uh, Collins himself felt pretty deflate, deflated. But yeah, to hear that from the manager, that's really impressive. And it's great to hear that because... It shows that he's not kind of a sulker. You know, there's some players like that that would have had such a great start and kind of be on a high and then they'd get one kind of bit of kind of difficulty like that and then they'd, you know, they'd sulk or be upset. But clearly from what the manager said, he's been obviously training really hard. He hasn't let his standards drop and he's just been waiting in the wings. And yeah, as you said, you've been saying for a few weeks that there wouldn't be too much to worry about because there'll be injuries, there'll be lots of games. So it's just nice to see him getting that opportunity um, and hopefully get to see him start more now because the last few weeks has probably been difficult for him, but he's kind of kept his kept his head and he's obviously shown himself to be a top professional in those few weeks and hopefully he can build on that from here. And for me, he's still probably our best centre-back. Um, I know he hasn't been playing as much, but like he's proven over the last kind of few years with Stoke and then with Burnley last season and then with Wolves too that he's... He's a top centre back in the Premier League. Um, I've always said I think he can be. I think he can get to any level he wants, really. So I'm hoping to see him kick on now. Hopefully, start playing a bit more consistently. Yeah, I think um, I, I never really had any any worries about him at all. I said it previously. I, I think 
He just needs that one chance to come in and, and prove himself to the manager once again. I think maybe it's just the fact with Dawson, he's been in, in de- uh, relegation dogfights in the past, and I think that's probably why he was like, all right, this guy's the perfect person to get in. Now, in fairness, Dawson, when he went to West Ham, he transformed West Ham as well. Uh, he was brilliant for West Ham, so we can understand why he came in and took his place, even if it's just for a while. be interesting to see now in the next game, whether he starts or not. Now, I just saw earlier on there, um, Kenny's kids had actually tweeted that uh, Joe Hodge had started for the under-21s of the Wolves squad, so he seems to have just dropped down completely uh, under Lopetegui. And uh, in fairness to Mark O'Mahony, he actually scored in that game for the second or second Brighton under-21 goal, so fair play to him. He's gone over from Cork City, and he's... Uh, He's hit the ground running for the, I suppose, the academy side. So that's great to see. Um, I think that's it in terms of the Premier League. We touched on Evan Ferguson and he won 4-0. Uh, well, not him personally, but uh, Brighton won 4-0 and he played 83 minutes. Good to see him building up the minutes as well because he's still not playing 90 minutes, but it's close. You know, it's as close to the 90 minutes as you're going to see um, compared to the last uh, number of games he's been kind of playing. It's been 60 minutes here and, and there. So it's good to see him getting uh, I suppose just closer to that 90 be interested to see if he starts uh, 90s coming up to the um, international break because um, then Stephen Kenny will have something to think about can I play him for the full 90 can he be trusted for the full 90 same with uh, Obafemi as well um, if he's going to opt to play him I imagine he will but um, good to see I suppose um, Evan getting getting more minutes and, and, and being trusted for longer periods of games yeah exactly Um I, you know, he's honestly he has to be starting for me uh, in the both the Lafayette game and the France game. Um, he played obviously a few minutes against uh, Norway in the last international break, kind of just before the World Cup in November. But um, yeah, we've been saying for a few weeks now. You know, Obafemi and Ferguson—they're two great options to have. Um, yeah, I have to say realistically that I think. You know, Ferguson should be the starting starting striker. If you're playing two, then you'd put up Femi up there too. We've obviously got a few good options, like you know, we've still got Ogbeni there. I know he's kind of a winger as well, but you know, this, we've got we've got a good few forwards. But yeah, no, Ferguson's definitely the first name in the team sheet for me. Yeah, I think he has to be. Just uh, I just saw there as well. Just when Kenny's kids, um, Nathan Collins when he came on, he was a halftime sub for Mario Lamina, but he did make three blocks and one clearance. And completed 82% of his passes. So excellent stuff from him. Um, and obviously he's bouncing back. Seamus Coleman, we didn't really speak about. Uh, he played 2-2, uh, a game, sorry, today for Everton. And it was 2-2 between Everton and Forest away from home. And luckily Everton were probably going to win it. He probably should have had a penalty, in my opinion. Maybe I'm biased. Um, but it did look like he did get clipped in the box. Um, and should have had a penalty. But it wasn't given, unfortunately. Um, still seems to be scrapping with absolutely everybody every single week. Um, but it's a point on the on the board. I think there's a point more than he would have got under Lampard. Sean Dyche has come out and said, though, he is carrying a knee injury at the moment. So that is a bit worrying that he's still playing full 90 minutes on that knee injury. And with an international window coming up, it'll be interesting to kind of see if he will be brought to the camp I imagine he will but he, I would imagine he sits out the Latvia game probably plays against France and then sits out the, the Gibraltar game that's probably how I foresee it but um, Seamus Coleman ever reliable didn't have a bad game was was solid enough won his tackles and as I said he just was getting in fights but he was getting up and down the pitch but the knee injury I imagine it's not much but it's something obviously to keep uh, an eye on coming into the, 
the international break, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. I think you know Coleman's obviously one of the best players and also one of the most senior players in that side. He's been the captain for so many years. Um, well, in Everton and Ireland, but I'm just talking about Ireland. Um, I do think that you know you, you're going to always take someone like that uh, in a squad, no matter even if they're you know carrying a bit of an knock. But I'd be worried for in terms of. You know, we we always talk about you know this is the Ireland's strongest eleven or whatever. But then by the time you get to the actual camp, because we've been talking about this for so many weeks now, it actually ends up like there's a few injuries and the team you put out is not not even really that similar to the team you're kind of thinking is going to be out. And I, I would be worried about that now in the next kind of few games before the international window. Will Coleman just play a game too much for Everton? And listen, I I completely understand. I'm sure you're the same with Deutsch when you're in that kind of situation. You're in a relegation dogfight. You want your your best players and your most experienced players and leaders on the pitch, and he's clearly one of them for Everton. Sure, you see the video with Frank Lampard last year; like he's so highly rated and so well respected in in that Everton dressing room. But I am just worried from an Irish perspective, as someone who doesn't have uh, Everton interests. I hope he doesn't get just kind of that little niggle kind of turns him a knock then, and then he's you know he's out for Ireland because he's obviously one of our main players and when you're looking at the likes of Mbappe or whoever is going to be playing on the left for France like they've got serious options in that in that position like you've got Mbappe Coleman Dembele and so many more you, you do want Seamus Coleman starting that game 100% for me and what would be your thoughts and obviously you, you want everything to be playing well but you also have your Irish interest as well so what would you think about it in terms of Coleman playing for everything in the next few weeks um, I think I think you'd be okay because Patterson is uh, nearly back to full fitness. He played for the under twenty ones, I think today or yesterday. Um, so he and I think he played a good number of minutes in that as well. So I think he'll be back. And if he comes back, I think come be rested and and uh, give him the, the probably the the rest he needs coming into the international break. And then uh, I think he'll be fine. But I'd like to see him still be playing coming up to the international break because he looks really sharp at the moment. He looks, you know, he's getting up the pitch and he's good on the ball. He's making good tackles. Um, yeah, he looks like he can cope with most players in the Premier League defensively as well. So that's what we want. We, we, we're going to be back to the wall against France. I think most teams will stu- struggle against France anyway. So to have our best defenders playing, we've got Collins back playing now. Hopefully he'll get a run in his side. We've got Darrow Shea playing week in, week out at... Uh, West Brom, captain in the club. He's played every minute of the season so far. John Egan, captain in Sheffield United, doing really well as well in the championship. And um, yeah, it's just Omar Bamadeli. He's not really getting much uh, game time at the moment. But I think a lot of our defenders are starting to get a lot of game time in there. Um, be interested to see at a left wing back capacity what uh, he's going to go with there. Is it McLean? Is it, Ran- is it Manning? Is it Robbie Brady? Is it Callum O'Dowda? So he's got a few options there. So it will be an interesting kind of couple of weeks now coming up to it. Could be injuries. Hopefully not. Um, suspensions won't matter in terms of the league or anything like that. So yeah, it'll just be injuries coming up now in the next couple of weeks. And that will be the worry is like keeping players like Coleman wrapped in cotton wool just for, for the, just because you need him for the experience in the squad alone just having him around is massive um also actually i think it was uh someone had put out earlier about stephen kenny had spoken about shane duffy not playing a fulham and he's not guaranteed his place i actually think that's good news not for shane duffy um obviously on, on a personal sense it's not good for him but i think it's good that kenny has kind of 
set a marker that if you're not playing at your club that you're not guaranteed your place at international level i think that shows that he's going to go with kind of form over um over trust a little bit and i think some managers in the past were probably guilty of that like Mick mccarthy or stuff like that so i think um to have uh he's basically just setting a marker there for shane duffy and i don't think it's it's anything personal or anything like that i, I think shane duffy would say himself you know he needs to be playing to be to be considered he had a good uh game there in the cup i think it was against sunderland but um he hasn't really got a look in this season in the Premier League at all. And uh, I think he needs to be playing. Now, he could come in, like, if he does get picked into the squad, I think it'll be, you know, he'll get a game against Lafayette and he could be considered then because he's played, he'll have 90 under his belt. But I just think with the emergence of players like Luke McNally, who got another clean sheet yesterday for Coventry, he's been absolutely excellent since he's gone there. Um, there is one spot I think in that in that defence that's that's not been covered yet. Uh, so it could be Omar Bamadeli, it could be Daryl Lenehan, could be uh, Duffy McNally, you know. But I think Egan uh, and O'Shea are nailed on, and then it'll depend on Nathan Collins whether he's starting games or not. But I still think Nathan Collins should start. Um, but yeah, it's good to have the options, and it's good to actually have players that we know. You look, if, we, if we're struggling, that we can have players there that can come in and, and be very good. And I'd love to see someone like McNally get a get a call up. And I suppose we'll move on to the championship anyway. Um, <clears throat> while we're on the subject, and uh, players, that, uh, I suppose uh, there's not real goals in the championship from yesterday. Dave McGoldrick got uh, a goal in a two-two draw with Shrewsbury. Uh, Dan Manjero got a penalty. In a 1 0 win over Oxford for Lincoln. And uh, Harry Charles, he got a goal as well in the game between Salford and Newport. Uh, that was in League Two. Um, just in terms of assists, then um, we have Chiodosi uh, Ogbeni got an assist for Rotherham in a 3 1 win at uh, home to QPR. Will Spalbaugh got three assists. We spoke about that already. James McLean got an assist for Wigan in a 1 1 draw against Birmingham City. Corey O'Keefe got a assist as well in the 2-1 win for uh, Accrington Stanley there then uh, Connor Heron got an assist and so did Jason Knight in the 2-2 draw for Derby against Shrewsbury and then Alex Pierce got a assist and so did Stephen Quinn for uh, between the game between Mansfield and AFC Wimbledon and Kieran Sadler got a assist as well for Leighton Orient in a 1-1 draw against Swindon Town and uh, yeah then that's really it in terms of the the championship and league one, not many, like not many goals, but it's still nice to see like players like Ogbeni, who's on the score sheet last week, and then got an assist today. So he's coming into a good bit of form, coming into the international break, which is what we want. We want our attackers coming in uh, in good form, other than just um, I suppose Obafemi and uh, and Ferguson, because I think people are kind of forgetting players like Troy Parrott and and um, and Ogbeni. So I think it's good to see them back. Uh, well, not Troy so much, but it's good to see. Um, Ogbeni back in form coming into the international break Yeah it's great to see Ogbeni back playing and back in form because he, he's been one of our best players over the last kind of year 18 months since he's kind of broken into the team into the squad um, he was you know he's such an impressive player like I think technically he, I think people look at him you know uh, him playing as a winger and as a wing back and you know they just think of his pace and his kind of athleticism, but I think technically he's actually such a great player. Like he's, you know, he's got his, his feet are really good. I think he's a good finisher when he gets a chance, especially because he plays probably more of a forward role for Ireland than he does 
um, at club level. So he does now at club level, but he originally was kind of on, uh, wide. But now he does play yeah. kind of that more forward position centrally. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes he's playing on the wing or even a wing back, but now he's playing exactly more forward or centrally, which is deep because that's where he's been playing for Ireland. And I always feel like he's done really well there. Like you think back to the bicycle kick was I think it was Belgium yeah. um, that we we played. Yeah, um, that was you know unbelievable. Like, there's not many players that could you know have that in their locker. So yeah, he's someone that will definitely be in the squad 100%. Like he'll be pushing for a start as well. I suppose with with Ferguson and Obafemi. You know, they're especially Ferguson, obviously, but Obafemi too. He's you know he kind of didn't have the greatest start with Swansea, but since he's gone to Burn, scored a few goals, and obviously with a team that's you know top of the championship, doing so well, I do think he'll probably find it hard to get a place in the starting eleven. But definitely one of the first names off the bench for me if he's not starting. Yeah, well, I think it's as I say, it's just good to have. If he goes with a three-five-two, I think he definitely has to be considered. But uh, I will move it on to the uh, SPFL. Um, I don't think David McAldrick's going to be uh, coming back to the international setup, so we won't go into too much detail. But he's flying for Derby County, so fair play to him. We touched on him last week. Connor Heron's do, doing well in terms of assists as well this season, and uh, good to see Jason Knight back among the assists as well. Hopefully, he'll get a move somewhere in the summer. But I think um, Jason Knight will definitely be considered in that uh, in that um, midfield for for Ireland against France and for the Lafayette and, and just for the international break. But let's uh, move on to the SPFL. I believe you're covering the SPFL. Yeah, so uh, the main thing really was Jamie McGrath scored a penalty for Dundee. Um, despite they did lose 3-1 to Aberdeen. But you know, it's great to see him scoring. And we've been talking about him a good bit recently. So it's nice to see that he's kind of getting back into the team and you know, getting back to playing a lot more. Um, oh, just, then just, just on just on McGrath, obviously when he had his really good season at St. Mary and Jim Goodwin was his manager and during the week Jim Goodwin was announced as the Dundee United manager. So now he's back working with him. So hopefully he can get a bit of a spark out of him. And again, he could be, if he has a couple more goals coming into a couple of weeks, he again could be in the squad. I mean, when he's come in previously, he hadn't let the team down. He looked very, very comfortable at that level. I often go back to that uh, Portugal game where he assisted uh, John Egan with the corner and he didn't look out of out of uh, place at all there and um, he could definitely be someone and if, if Jim Goodwin can get the best out of him and hopefully that they can both form a good partnership again and it works out well for both. Sorry to cut you off, I just wanted to kind of add that in. No, no, that was, that was a good bit of insight there. But yeah, no, he's someone I've always rated as well for Ireland. But um. Yeah, then also today um, in St. Mirren's 5-1 loss to Celtic, Charles Dunn, centre-back, got sent off for a pretty, uh, it was a pretty blatant red to be fair. He played a kind of short back pass, realised it wasn't going to reach the keeper. And then Furahashi, the Celtic forward, was running through and he just dragged him down. It was definitely a red card. He was last man. <clears throat> the annoying thing for for Charles Dunn, obviously, was that St. Mirren were actually 1-0 up at the time. And then in the second half, conceded five unanswered goals. Um, then Daryl Connor for Air in the Ch- Scottish Championship got an assist and got sent off in the same game. He got two yellow cards. Um, there, yeah, they lost two one to Inverness that game. Um, then I suppose moving on to the rest of the world. Then <clears throat> um, Matt Doherty, we've been talking about him so much in recent weeks that you know he's hasn't played. He finally made his debut this weekend. He was subbed on at the 78th minute in Atletico's 6-1 win versus Sevilla. Um, I was a bit disappointed not to see him start the game, to be fair, because uh, Marcus Llorente started there. 
you know, but anyway, he at least he made his debut. Then Ebisele, Festi Ebisele for Udinese, um, made his first start, another player we've been talking about a lot recently. He played 78 minutes and he got booked uh, as Udinese drew 0-0. And then James Abanko also didn't play again in this game, so probably a little bit worrying for him that he's still not really getting a game at all. Um, the newly declared Irish player, Mikey Johnson, um, also came on for Victoria de Guimaraes in this Portuguese Premier Liga in their 3-1 win versus Santa Clara. So it's nice to see him getting games. Um, he's someone that I think a lot of Irish fans, especially people who can follow Celtic, um, would be excited about. Um, then in the MLS, there was a, a few small stories. Conor Ronan got man of the match for Colorado in the nil draw versus Kansas. It's nice to see him doing well, considering he's, you know, a lot of people kind of questioned his move, leaving Wolves, but, you know, he's gone there and he's he's obviously doing well if he's getting a man of the match. And then John Gallagher got an assist for Austin FC as they beat Montreal 1-0. So, Paul, obviously the main story there really are is the things about Doherty and about Ebisele. Um, what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on the two of them? Um, I suppose just uh, Doherty, the 12 minutes in a, I think they were 5-1 up at that stage. Kind of worries me, but yeah. that he doesn't, he still doesn't, uh, he still doesn't trust him. That would worry me quite a bit. Um, I think, yeah, it's, uh, I, I was so happy when he joined Atletico Madrid. I was like, oh, brilliant. An Irish player joining a really big club in Europe. Um, brilliant manager. And he might improve him, whether it's technically or defensively or anything like that, or even just might get a tune out of him because he wasn't doing terrible at Spurs, but he wasn't uh, hitting the levels he was at uh, at Wolves. As someone said in the comments uh, earlier on there, uh, just going to read out his name there. He says, uh, Dan plays. He says, Doherty is good, is good, didn't get a chance to read at Spurs. Wolves was a great club for him, should have stayed there. But I don't think he should have stayed there. There's nothing wrong with having a bit of ambition and trying to move and better yourself by playing for a better club. And traditionally, Spurs have been a better club than Wolves um, over time. And uh, yeah, I think just with Doherty, I think he was an automatic starter before he left for Atletico. And that, like, you wouldn't have said that anybody would have started him, including Seamus Coleman. But such is the way football works, is that Seamus Coleman, for me, right now, is ahead of him in the pecking order. I know some people are going to say there's an Everton bias there. It's not. It's a recent game playing bias. Uh, he hasn't been playing. 12 minutes is not enough. If he can improve on that over the next couple of weeks, then for me, Doherty is back number one, 100%. Um, but I do think there's players there that are starting to emerge. There's, as you said, Festi Abazelli's first start in Serie A for Udinese. Um, if he can continue a little run now between over the next two weeks, he could potentially be the player that comes in there, and he could be potentially the player who has to come in and well deal with Mbappe. I don't admire him uh, if he if he is the one that has to do that, but if he is, he has the pace to to keep up with him. Um, that could be something that Stephen Kenny's maybe thinking of. Then you've got Dan McNamara doing well at Millwall most weeks as well. Uh, Millwall fans are raving about him. They're commenting on our Irish abroad posts every week saying. Dan McNamara has been brilliant. He deserves a call up. He's, you know, came forward a few times and said he'd love to be called up. I did an interview with him at the back of last season. Said he'd love to be called up. Probably should have been called up back then. So there's options uh, there again, as I keep saying. You've got Mark Sykes who could play there too, um, and Seamus Coleman. If Seamus Coleman keeps going the way he's going, 
I think he could start. But look, I want Doherty to do well at Atletico. I want Doherty to start um, getting more games. I want him to, I want him to be a success at the Atletico Madrid, and I want him to get a new contract there at the end of the season. So I really want him now to push on. He's came on. He's got his debut out of the way. We were all anticipating his debut. He got that out of the way. He's done it now. Well done to him. So let's kick on from here, Matt, if you can. Um, not that he's listening. But anyway, um, Festia Bazelli, I think, again, does the manager really trust him? I don't know in terms of the Udinese manager. I haven't watched him at Udinese once. So I can't sit here and go, he's been good, he's been bad. All I know is that he's getting chances. He's getting more chances than James Abankwa. But I think it's good for a banquet to be kind of there and experiencing things uh, in Syria. But I would like to see him if he's not going to be played. Maybe next season go out on loan. Um, you know, as I say, if he's just not going to be played. But if he's going to be played, great. Um, and then yeah, in terms of Mikey Johnson, a bit of a mixed reaction really to him getting the um, call up with uh, with the Ireland squad or not the call up. Sorry, the the switch international clearance and stuff like that um he switched basically to play for ireland as we all know by now but yeah i think with him i i've seen him play before for celtic i thought he was outstanding uh but that was three or four years ago now um if he can reach those heights again really exciting fast tricky winger can score goals um kind of reminds me a little bit of aiden mcgeady and uh yes celtic fans were very mixed about him some were saying he's brilliant some were saying he's lacking form some were saying he's lacking confidence he's obviously over in portugal i haven't seen him since uh, a few years now um to see what kind of level he's at but stephen kenny seems to rate him he says he has attributes that our other wingers don't have in terms of being able to take players on and stuff like that so look um it's if, if stephen kenny feels as though he's good enough to to get him in the squads, I don't see what the problem is, or if he's good enough and he wants to play for Ireland, I don't see what the problem is. So I don't do. I think he's better than uh, anyone we have in the squad right now, or deserving more uh, of a place than anyone. No, not really. So I don't think he should be called up. But like football is very, very funny like that. Like don't forget, there was people questioning Ogbeni being called up or, uh, and switching allegiances originally. They were like, what? And he came in, he's been brilliant. He scored goals. He's been one of our better players. One of Stephen Kenny's better players, definitely. And I wouldn't say like his results um, would reflect that, but in terms of players who have really made an impact, I suppose made a connection with the fans. You'd probably say Ogbeni and Obafemi have probably really connected well with the fans over the, the last number of years. And I think um, if Mikey Johnson comes in and he has one good performance for Ireland, that all changes that narrative of, oh, he's terrible, he's this, he's that. That all changes with one game, one good game, a goal. That all changes. Or he could come in and he could he could just create that little spark, and maybe he creates a goal, and all of a sudden he's not shit anymore. He's actually a good player because football's fans are very very fickle, as we all know. And um, yeah, I think that's that's the way it will go. Rant over. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I've talked to some of my mates who be big Celtic fans and they said, yes. as the same as what you said, some of them said, oh, I didn't really rate him. Um, and some of them were saying, you know, he's a top player. I'm really glad he declared for us. Um, I can't say I've watched too much of him uh, over the years, but from what I've heard, that he's meant to be an unbelievable, unbelievably gifted kind of winger in terms of his pace, his feet, his, you know, trickery. So that's something we kind of are lacking. Um, we don't have any real kind of out and out pacey kind of tricky wingers 
like as well as someone like Aidan McGeady or something like that who can kind of beat a man. I know he had you have James McLean, but not really playing in that same role anymore. He's not really that player anymore. <clears throat> so yeah, he's someone I'm hopefully if we do see him at some stage, he'll uh, do well. And as you said, you know, a lot of the time fans can be fickle, you know, like he people are questioning him, but as you said, if he comes in, does has a good game, scores a goal, <clears throat> things are completely different. Um but yeah, in terms of Doherty, um I, I agree with you in terms of like when he joined Atletico Madrid, I was so happy because it's not often you see an Irish player, you know, going to Spain or especially a club like Atletico Madrid. So I do think it was probably a bit more worrying the fact that this was the game he made his debut in. But Noah Molina, the right back, we said, you know, he, he won the World Cup at Argentina. You can understand why he's not in the team um, instead of him. But now that he was, I don't know if he was injured or suspended, but he was unavailable. And then they play in a back five. They put the Marcus Lorente, the centre mid, at right back. And I know he's played right back before, and he's by all accounts a good right back. But you just think, you know, that's that's Doherty's kind of number one best position is playing as a wing back, right wing back in a back five. And the fact that he wasn't played there over someone who's not a natural right wing back, it kind of does worry you because you, you know, does Simeone have that real trust for Doherty? Um, as you said, they're only bringing him up, bring him on after. It's five one, you know, with with twelve minutes to go. Is that the kind of thing where you think is he really gonna is he really trusted, you know? But then I suppose people would have said the same thing about Trippier, for instance, when he went to Atletico. That's someone I kinda of cited before when talking about how I hoped, you know, Doherty's move would go. That, you know, he went there and he had this reputation of being a kind of dodgy defensive fullback. Not that I think Doherty has that reputation, but that, you know, he really, really is solid now. And you see him for Newcastle, he's doing unbelievable. Um, yeah, like, and regarding the comment also, like, like about shouldn't have left Wolves. I think it's easy to say that now in hindsight because he was such a top player for Wolves and he was really, really doing well. But I remember, in, like, in, it was in I think it was in the twenty twenty summer. Um, you know, Spurs had Jose Mourinho. They they're signing for fifteen million. <clears throat> excuse me, which is obviously a lot of money, um, especially during the COVID window. And then, you know, you're playing under a manager like that in a new stadium. You know, they, they were really on the up. They'd only reached the Champions League final the year before that. So I think you would have, I think people would have criticised Doherty probably if he hadn't gone then for a lack of ambition. I, I think going to Spurs was the right move. Obviously, he didn't work out. There's nothing you can do about that. He's moved on to Atletico. I hope he goes on and does really well. Um, but it doesn't look like Simeone trusts him at the moment. And then just lastly, just to touch on um, Ebiselli, I do think he's someone that, he's obviously been a top player like in the last few years with Derby he's done so well he's getting minutes in Serie A which you have to say is so impressive at that age and he's starting the game now hopefully he just builds on this from here because he's I think I said last week that he's had a number of appearances but none of them have been longer than I think 18 minutes um, and most of them were kind of 6-7 a few 12 minutes around there they weren't long appearances so hopefully he kind of kicks on from now and starts so yeah hopefully Hopefully that's what happens, but yeah. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I think we're pretty much in agreement with most things there. Um, and I think that's really it for this week's episode of the Irish Abroad. Let us know if there's anything we missed. Let us know firstly, and uh, anything we discussed. Make sure to get your comments in and give your opinion. And um, yeah, let us know your thoughts in the comments. Don't forget to like the video. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, uh, please give us. 
a follow on that, a five star review, all that jazz, you know, just be, just keep those positive vibes, yeah. Um, thanks very much for listening. We'll speak to you all soon and take care of yourselves. The IFF TV podcast presented by Paul Nealon. Like, rate, and subscribe. <laughs>